welcome to episode 12 of the Footstock Panel Slash Hub podcast. We are here this week joined by two newcomers to, to the podcast. One of my New Year's resolutions was to branch out a little bit more um, and to have a, a, a nicer range of guests. We can start to hear a few more opinions because, you know, the, as the community is growing, we want to try and hear from as many people as possible. So we are thankfully joined and I appreciate them taking some time out of their, their busy Saturdays. Um, firstly, by Hoodwink. Hoodwink, how are we, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Good. And we are also joined by the virtual man himself, Ronnie Ten. Ronnie, how are you? Excellent. How are you guys? All right? Yeah, absolutely fine. Okay, so um, gents, obviously people would have seen you around here, there and everywhere, but obviously I just want to get a little bit more of a flavour for anyone that's not on Slack or, or Twitter or any of those places, a little bit about your, your footstop journeys. And now you can tell us as much, as little as you want. It's completely up to you. But Hoodwink, if you start us off, just tell us kind of where you started, how you're getting on, what's kind of your aims, all those kind of, all those kinds of bits and bobs. Yeah, man, I started the name... It was me it was actually april uh, late april um same as a lot of people joining through um you know interested in football index fpl that kind of thing and feet even like fifa ultimate team um so i joined through just listening to john nellis's podcasts uh, back in the day um i liked the the idea of the the trading bit and the um honestly i like the i like the the roulette and the gambling part um, but actually i suppose now the the tournaments didn't really join for them but actually that's my favorite bits now i guess um so yeah basically get involved in i think every party footstock now um and and then the social sides as well like the streams and the podcasts are brilliant so yeah pretty much football index fpl moved into this and didn't enjoy it to start with because i just (laughs) done what everyone does got into roulette and Lost on my Kenny McLean's, which was a nightmare. <laughs> I'll tell you what really surprises me. Even any kind of newcomers now that pop onto Slack, the first thing they always say is like, oh yeah, I've had a go on roulette. Like that just seems <laughs> yeah. to be the first hedge like straight towards. I know that Footstock are trying to get out of that, but it baffles me. Like I was the same, like as soon as I went on, like, like the first thing you do is like, oh, roulette, I can win some cards. Let's sit that one. Like it's such a fun aspect but yeah so it's a nightmare for any new user so we just, i mean certainly um uh, lethal obviously part of the, the team at the minute is in the process of making some beginner videos and obviously one of those big things that we're trying to get across is obviously now that they're changing them over it shouldn't be as much of an issue but uh yeah certainly it baffles me roulette is always the first place to go um but yeah no it sounds like you, you've kind of immersed yourself into pretty much everything which you know that's certainly for me the way to go definitely um brilliant ronnie do you want to tell us a little bit about your background yeah, well, as much as it might surprise you, my first experience was also roulette. Um, <laughs> but um, I actually signed up for Footstock. Um, I don't know the exact date, to be honest with you. It was probably early last year. Um, I don't know where I saw it. I, I signed up for FI um, probably a few months before that for a couple of hundred quid into that. So whether it was associated to that or not, I don't know. Somewhere I saw it. Anyway, so I had a quick look at Footstock, signed up. And I think you got five or ten free cards or whatever it was and they were worth about 20 pence um i looked at the website saw the six tiles had a quick look and just turned it off really and thought nothing more of it and and then obviously a few months later we we hit lockdown and obviously footstop suddenly started appearing a bit more in the circles i was looking at and i thought oh i'll have another look and also you used to get regular updates as well uh, via email um, I never ever opened them. 
but I decided, you know, it's locked down. I was a bit bored. I'll have a look. Um, I logged in and my few cards were worth sort of 12 quid or something. I thought, oh, they've gone up a bit. So I had a, a further delve and, um, yeah, obviously there was a lot more users and whatnot, but I still didn't know what I was doing. So I instantly went into the game section looking for something to use my cards for. And uh, there was roulette. And I think the first uh, first one I entered, I won. And um, before I know it, I had sort of a £40 collection. And um, yeah, I think that evening I um, had a few beers because it was locked down. And um, the next thing I knew, I was depositing money. And um, then I spent the next, probably the next week buying packs. Um, and before I knew it, I had a, uh, I don't know, say a thousand pounds worth in and that was probably just three point packs alone um i wasted a, a little bit on roulette but i soon learned uh that you know it wasn't the way to go and i should um sort of make an effort to learn the product really uh join slack um like a lot of people do and um just got to learn it uh, my first experience really regards virtuals wasn't a good one i, I sort of didn't really know what i was doing and i thought it was completely a waste of time but um, as time's gone on, I've, you know, it's, it's gone the other way and, uh, I love it. Absolutely love it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I was waffling a bit. Uh, don't you worry. It's not a problem. No, it's, it's interesting to hear everybody's kind of got similar stories as such. Every, every person I seem to speak to kind of always comes from sort of different backgrounds and then sort of moves in and, and kind of goes down to the same routes. It's quite interesting. Obviously we'll come on to virtuals later. Um, a couple of things I obviously just wanted to touch on before we kind of, again, there's loads of questions, which is brilliant. And as always, I always thank everybody because generally I wouldn't do these without, without the questions. It makes things difficult. So um, I just want to kind of get a, a, a feeling from both of you in, on how one kind of big mistake you've made or one kind of the, the most positive thing. Say you've both been on now for what, best part of six months, uh, probably if not more, at least six months. What's kind of the one thing that, again, that, we keep seeing new users pop up, which is brilliant. And kind of, I'm hoping that the numbers are going to start picking up on the podcast, but what's one thing, if you had to say to anybody right now, uh, over the, the eight months, one biggest thing that's done, that's kind of got in your favor. And then the one kind of big mistake again, who do we, we'll, we'll come to you first on that one. Um, probably my biggest mistake I would say was I built up my um, contest credit and it was like a decent amount. And what we do is just enter, you know, three, four, five golds without, like, I didn't have the collection for that. Um, so I just wasted an absolute ton of that. Um, and I've done that probably for months and I was down to zero and thought, oh, shit, I can't enter any contests now. <laughs> hey, without, well, I can't use my use the money, but, like, it's just, it's just no discounted. So yeah. um, that's probably the biggest mistake. And actually, probably only recently, I'd say maybe, well, November was the month where I, I won, I won the two golds and they were both single entries, um, only one entry in the gold. And that was my best month I've ever had. Um, so I would say, I just, if you've not got the player, at any point, like you could, I think, enter every single tournament. Um, but I've not got the collection for that. And especially if you're starting, if you're just chucking in teams, even though sometimes they get bronze where I'm, you know, that's like a quid that I'm wasting just sometimes where I'm, yeah. Looking in John Egan and stuff like that, players that actually I wouldn't I wouldn't use, but I think he's the only one I've got. 
Um, so that's probably my biggest mistake is not just thinking I can chuck in teams I might get lucky when actually it's there's too many good people yeah. to get to get lucky like that. I tell you what I think that you've mentioned there again that pops up quite a lot. And it's something that is so psychological in terms of credit and the fact that it's not your money. And it's such Aye. a <laughs> such a psychological thing because right, don't get me wrong, a lot of it's obviously now discounted, which obviously again we'll come on to in house the other day a little bit later. But the fact that everyone does you have paid for that credit in part of a pack or in a part of swapping a card on the other day like people just i think it's so psychological they're like oh my god i've got credit credit it's free money i'm just going to enter it with free money so like, hold on somewhere along the line you've swapped a player for it on the other day or an inactive player or you've got it through a pack or you've got it through beating cami or whatever like you were paid for that and that's what i mean like you said people get to zero and they go oh shit i can't enter anymore it's like you've literally been playing with cash anyway. It's just in a, a credit form that's slightly discounted. And you know that um, something that's quite a, a big thing for me is you want to turn the credit that's discounted into cash and then again turn it into more discounted credit. So you're, I don't ever want to enter with cash as such, but I know that my credit is still cash. It's just at the minute highly discounted. So you always want to turn that credit to cash to discounted credit to cash. And then it slowly builds up and up. But again, I, I really think that, kind of psychology on, on credit is amazing obviously certainly when I was first on the platform I, I don't know if it's the same for both of you I think it's they just had coupons um yes it was the I think before that they probably didn't even exist it was probably just cash only but um I think it was 50p five pound and 20 quid I think that you got out of packs rather than just a whole credit uh kind of thing and the whole way that has turned is is brilliant for because for, now they can just whack out in the Cami, oh, contest credit. Oh, new user, contest credit. And it's like, hold on. So you've kind of paid for that, but you also can't get it out. So it's such a such a good thing. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree in terms of that. Just entering players for the sake of it rather than going, actually, I mean, yeah, I think that's a massive, massive thing as well. There's no tactics to it. It was literally just, yeah. I'll chuck it in and I'll see what happens. But that's it's money down the drain. And that's something that I'm a bit, there's still times where I think, you know, I'm going to enter and I'm like, maybe two players short. And I'll go anyway. But yeah. other times it's like when I was looking at the, the teams that they have not got half of the players, so I'm, I've put in one because I know the lineups and I've got like, yeah. I've actually, I suppose it's a decent team compared to what it could be. Yeah. But I'm only doing one. I'm not, I'm not going to. And again, the amount of times, um, certainly last year, I've not done it as much this year, that I would not pay the extra pound for the player that I want. And then you look after it and you go, if I fucking paid that pound, he would have won me another hundred odd quid. Like I've done that so many times around. I've decided now if I want a player in the contest, if you've been a knob and not bought it before and you have to pay full, full price, just do it because there's nothing worse than going that one pound costing you hundreds. So yeah, no, I'd certainly agree with both of those. I think that that's probably something that a lot of the community can resonate with in, in one way or another. Um, Ronnie, biggest positive that you feel like you've had on the platform, and then obviously also biggest negative as well. Um, yeah, biggest negative, probably similar to Hoodwink in the facts of wasting credit. I mean, I I don't know if you saw a few months back, I drew two packs one night after a decent win on the virtuals, and I got Bruno and Trent in one, and then the very following pack, I got 1k in credit. Um, and that 1k. I absolutely hammered it probably in the space of three weeks. Do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> maxing out in, on goals. Yeah. And the same as Hoodwing, you know, I didn't have the players, but, you know, we've, we've, we've gone over that. And uh, it was free credit. I won it. So it wasn't the end of the world. But 
it could have gone a lot further than it did. Um, other than that, I'd say probably not withdrawing enough of my, enough of my winnings um, early on. And I, I'd urge any any user to do so. You know, any decent win, take a percentage out because, you know, as much as it's it's nice to go improving your collection or whatever, always in the back of your mind, you know, it's still your money that you've put into the platform. So, you know, in my head, I, you know, I've put in a certain amount and I want to get that out as soon as I can, but at the same time, stay competitive in the tournaments. Um, and when I look back now, obviously it's all in hindsight, but, you know, player prices were a lot more than they were than they are now. And, um, you know, some of that money was just eaten up. I mean, you know yourself, Callum, you know, you, you win, you win, you win tournament, you win 500 quid on a tournament. And back, you know, two or three months ago, that, that was getting whittled away in your tournament, in your collection sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I suppose I wish I took a little bit more out then. But, um, yeah, other than that, it's all been pretty positive, really. Um, yeah, I mean, just putting a bit of time and effort into learning the virtuals, that's that's the big positive for me because I writ it off at the start and I couldn't wait for real football to, to kick in. But once I'd put in that little bit of effort, you know, it soon pays dividends. So, yeah, yeah that's about it, really. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of I haven't, um, I've been exactly the same. At the start, I would reinvest every single bit of winnings. Um, and I do my very best now to withdraw half of, of winnings. And that's not to, there's times where I've left it in because I'm still in the stage where I don't, I know that Haaland's around the corner. I know that Sancho's around the corner. And I know that Alfonso Davis is around the corner that I want that I don't want to have to sell Prem players to get them. So I'm keeping a bit more of a cash balance at the minute. But um, I absolutely agree the same that people, I mean, Certainly, it, dep- it all depends on kind of how you want to play it. I know some people don't do that and they've got in £200 and they want to try and, you know, build as much up as possible. And then on the other hand, a lot of people go, right, I want to get to zero net deposits. And then anything that I'm playing with is is profit. Again, I'm not a massive, I'm not a massive advocate of that because if your profit is still your money as such. And I feel like, again, I know we've talked a little bit about psychology there, but then the, the psychology turns into well, I'll take a few more risks here and there because it's not my money, it's all profit, even though you've worked hard to get that profit. So again, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's just, again, quite a difficult one to to really work out how to go in terms of that strategy. So, but yeah, no, no, very, very interesting. Um, okay, a couple more points before we move on to questions. Like I said, we've got quite a lot and it's, it's quite interesting to hear. Um, in Harvest of the Day recently, for me, I've been on what the platform coming up to a year now. Um, by a million miles, the best promo I have seen um, on the platform for a few reasons. And number one is a lot of people like free money, um, but normal net bonuses are encourage people to go, I'm going to put in a grand, I'm going to buy loads of people, the bonus ends, I'm going to sell all those grand and I'm going to take my grand out and get whatever extra uh, has been given as a benefit. Whereas this one, I've really felt like people got their money from the bonus by taking cards off the market, which kind of just putting those two together for me is absolutely brilliant. Um, Ronnie, you can start on this one. Did you use the enhanced the other day as, as well as you feel like you should have done? Um, Did you not touch it or did you really try and make the most of trying to get as much uh, discounted credit as possible? 
I yeah, I used it. Um, probably not as much as I should have done, but that's that's more down to you know my collection size and the cash balance I had at the time. Because um, obviously, I'm like I mentioned earlier. I, I, ideally, I want to take money out. I want to get my withdrawals down to zero. That's my that's my priority over the next three months. That's just going on the success I've had so far. Regards tournaments and whatnot so you know i wasn't going to put money in back into the product just to you know buy on deal of the day but um but yeah i did use it but mainly on uh, the bigger names of like a cane trent them sort of guys and and the odd the odd cheap one where i just had lots of that i weren't you know i was looking to get rid of anyway um but yeah i you know it was it's it was definitely a bonus for the platform and hopefully long term it, it is going to help along with the, you know just the standard deal of the day i mean i still use that every now and again but yeah i mean I, I don't think i use it as much as probably yourself you know or other people but yeah i definitely i'm definitely looking to top up when i see the opportunity yeah no I, the only thing that now is i'm slightly spoiled when i look at the deal of the day today and i thought ah, nah I, I, I didn't do any and i know that's that's bad but i looked at it and i think i've been spoiled slightly um I obviously I have no idea on Footstock's finances if they could afford to keep it at that for the majority. I don't know. I mean, the thing that probably why they could have afforded it now is the fact that once they originally did the 110%, prices were a lot higher than now. So 125% now is probably still less than the 110% they were paying three or four months ago. So I reckon, again, I, I'm speculating, I reckon they could probably afford for a little bit longer to to up that a little bit but it depends again how how long they want to or how quickly they want the process of producing cards again we we don't know how close they are to get to that supply and demand that they want um so we're, we're all speculating um, did you do much did you do much trading off the back of it like uh selling players so, you know they went up a bit i did a little bit but not yeah, a lot but... slightly um on a, on a few players i had a lot of and especially if you were up at 12 o'clock it was quite a nice way to quickly buy a few and sell them in the morning but um yeah, initially I did, but then there's people that are a lot quicker to it than I am. Um, there's someone in a group chat that I'm with that is purely, he doesn't play any tournaments or anything, all he does is trade. And he, as soon as they went on, he set an alarm five minutes before every deal of the day, bought like the first 10 and then sold them all for, I don't know, the 20% markup. So yeah, I, I would have loved to, but I'm not that quick <laughs> compared to other people. But yeah, no, there, there was certainly, it provided so many opportunities and, you know, people that are trying to get out or people that are trying to sell certain cards, certainly that it was a brilliant way to do it because you could have got a, an extra 20% on every card that you wanted to. Um, Hoodwink, did you use it a lot, a little bit, or do you feel like you could use it a bit more? Yeah, probably a bit more because uh, to start with, um, I didn't really do any, but I just actually ran my credit. My credit was quite low. Um, so I only done a couple of the cheaper ones. Um, but then I pretty much maxed almost every single one for about maybe four or five days in a row. I think the only ones I really missed were maybe Kane and that kind of thing. Um, but I've done ones up to like Calvert-Lewin and, um, and quite a few. So uh, it's made a huge difference. I thought it was brilliant Com compared to what I thought it was actually going to be, but I thought it's quite a good idea. I actually thought it was brilliant. And um, yeah. uh, it's made me topped up my credit like hugely. So 
yeah, no, certainly, certainly a very, very good promo. Um, but like I said, I feel like now I'm just being a bit of a spoiled child and I'm not doing it again until they, <laughs> until they do it a bit more. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, okay, we're going to move on to questions because that's kind of where, where we want to go with. Um, first one is from Dan MCK, as always. Thank you very much. And he, he's asked one to both of you. Um, so, Ronnie, we'll go with yours first. Um, Obviously, we are with hopefully Tom has, has mentioned it in the slack that we're very close to rewards, and then hopefully, obviously, the games will follow soon thereafter. Um, he has asked, What is he most looking forward to with the enhanced virtual battles? What would be his dream scenario with them? So, obviously, Tom has mentioned kind of that the first one along the routes is something to do with multi match vir virtual battle kind of thing. So, what are you kind of looking for in that, Ronnie? Well. Uh, the dream, the dream is <laughs> pretty pretty much how the virtuals are run now. To be honest with you, I'm thinking sort of four or five games um, per battle, um, unlimited entries, and then I don't know. Obviously, you better, I don't know how they're going to price it if they're doing like a bronze, silver, or gold. I don't know, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I suppose that they'd have to run every sort. of couple of hours or something like that say two hours two hours in between each which gives sort of run them every 15 minutes the games so what's that an hour hour and 15 minutes per tournament and then another 45 minutes to work in the next tournament i mean that's the sort of thing i'd like but whether it goes that far i don't know yeah um hmm. but if it was anything anything near that then that would be it you would not see me <laughs> on Slack or anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, again, I have no idea any of this, I'm guessing it would be purely cash balance because the, the only reason that Virtual Battles are already cash balance is they don't want to take credit away from the, the main pots. Yeah, um, yeah, I was, think, I was thinking the same today when I was thinking about um, the question and I was thinking that it would have to say cash balance because, again, you know, if I've got £200 in tournament credit, I could... I could use that quite easily on uh, yeah. on the battles and then on you know on the real football which basically the platform is about um yeah you know i'd be entering less teams potentially so yeah i think it has to be a cash thing yeah i think they're gonna have to be careful between making it a good thing for the platform and not taking the emphasis away from other things i mean i'm sure at the start again like anything it'll be always new um everyone will, will rinse through it but i don't know even if they go with I don't know, similar to deal of the day where they did kind of three changes throughout the day. Even if you do a gold, silver, bronze, what's that? Five, two and, and a quid. So what's that? Eight, eight quid. The maximum you can spend a day is 24 quid, which isn't, which is yeah, not awesome. do that three times a day, you know, what, at nine o'clock in the morning, at three o'clock in the afternoon, then at like nine o'clock in the, in the evening. Um, that's probably quite sustainable. But again, do you reckon they'll do a, literally everybody into it or do you think it'll be kind of little pools like eight per eight people per kind of entry i'd be disappointed if it was um if it was capped to be honest with you because i think a lot you know the whole i think if you if you did uh three or four over the day like you you suggested then there's no reason for it to be capped because there's a big enough user base i think that that are interested in virtuals um, we we see it regularly in the normal tournaments. So I think there was 340 the other day uh, for the evening one, a bit less yesterday for the afternoon one, but that's always the case. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'd have a, a really big uptake. And I think if you know if they catch it at 
20 entrants or whatever, you just get a lot of people disappointed of missing out all the time. So there's no real reason to cap it, I don't think. You know, if, if you only if you only get 20 people, you only get 20 people. But yeah. why have 20 when, you know, there might be 100 people wanting to play it? Then again, right, I'm, gonna, I'm only being devil's advocate here. I don't really care either way. Um, if that was the case, then what would your reasoning be for the normal main virtual tournament tournaments to run? Because surely they'd constantly run anyway. Um, but there isn't enough of them. <laughs> That's because you need five a day. <laughs> I need five a day, yeah. Five a day, that's what they say, isn't it? Five a day is exactly what they say. Yeah, yeah no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, with with a whole go. So, you know, and I know that I always get told, oh, you're never negative on this podcast. Um, the one thing for me is that they originally said rewards end of December. We're now early Jan. I would hope that this will go out, obviously, uh, tomorrow, Sunday. Um, I would hope that next week certainly should be is when the rewards should be coming. If not, they have missed that deadline by, by quite so a bit. So a quick question for you then on the back of the uh, this discussion. What effect do you yeah. think they would have on uh, the market if they were run like I've just suggested? Um, it's a good question. It's a good question. I think that those that would play them would be the ones that don't trade game to game anyway if that makes sense i think the people that trade game to game are ones that pick and choose when they come on the platform as a side thing i think the ones that have a collection and that enter the majority of tournaments would be the ones that would use the games and therefore i don't think it would have a massive effect i could be fully wrong i think chris would be the first 500 pound player (laughs) I tell you what, yeah. well, obviously it would give a, I, I'm going to go off on a, a slight tangent here, it would give a, a, a base to those injured players because it means the sell-off wouldn't be as big because they would still be useful in the virtuals. But I've, I've got, a, not an annoyance, annoyance is the wrong word, but I've got a, a thing that slightly frustrates me in the fact that I feel like a lot of the market prices are way too influenced by virtuals than what I'd like it to be. And I don't know if that's me being a a personal opinion, um, but I think it's very influenced by, oh, somebody scores in real life, oh, they're going to be good for virtuals, let's buy them. Does that make sense? Rather than, for me, it should always be a real life platform with the virtuals as an added bonus on, on the side of it. And I'm well aware that people... Uh, completely opposite and they love the virtuals more than real life i'm well aware of that but there's a lot of things that for example that the jimenez which obviously is one of the bigger ones recently i don't see a reason why that he shouldn't have completely plummeted because he's not probably going to play for the rest of the season i'd imagine but because the virtuals are there it still gives him a price which people would say that's a good thing but i don't know I think that's probably being me being really picky. But I think, I, I think, I think I, you are. I think you are right to a certain extent because because often I'll buy I, the players I buy, the, especially these days, are based on a virtual. Yeah. You know, on on their what they can do in virtuals. I mean, I I, I, I bought fifty Pascal Gross on the back of him taking penalties <laughs> for Brighton. Yeah. El Ghazi, the same thing. 
And Darnell Furlong's one that sticks in my head. Yeah, as well. Furlong. He's a one-star defender. Yeah, I bought. I bought him. A, I bought about twenty of him on the back of his goal for about forty p, and I think I, I sold them all. Oh, yeah. Not all. I've sold a, a lot of them for sort of close to a pound or whatever at some point. And that's what I mean. That's what I don't like by the fact that Darnell Furlong should never be that price, and he is only that price because of a stupid. I say stupid. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not a massive fan, but. The fact he's only that price because of virtual football, and I that doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me. I think it's a it's a real life platform, and I'm that's the one big kind of not issue I have with the platform. It's not an issue, and I can't put it. It's like my slight thing, and I know it's completely personal that I just don't think. Uh, I just don't particularly like virtuals. <laughs> you win money on them. <laughs> I do, I do, yeah. And honestly, if yeah, I didn't think I did, and I, I did the my 2020 kind of review thing again. Footstop chat on on a Twitter for anyone that wants to have a look at it. It's brilliant because it certainly opens your eyes to a few things. I really dislike virtuals, but I've made a lot of money on them, and they still offer monster tickets, which for me is always the pull. But yeah, my kind of side thing on the whole virtuals is I just I'm very skeptical of the virtuals being too prominent in the platform. But that is, I think, probably a complete personal opinion. Anyway, let's move on because we could probably talk about that for a long time. Um, Hoodwin, do you want to add anything onto the virtual battles uh, game kind of idea? Um, I think Ronnie's covered it because I love virtuals as well. Um, Virtual battles, they can be. I think I find them boring just now because I'm on like eight to nine away through the 500, <laughs> so it's a slog. Um, but I love virtual tournaments contests, so if they were kind of more geared towards that, then that'd be brilliant. If there were multiple, multi ones, and I, if, I know it could be if it was you know every couple of hours that it could be overkill. If it was like you say, maybe three a day again, that that could be really good. Um, uh, you could be right saying what's the point in the, the contest ones. Um, and it could be that could be contests or real virtual battles or your virtual tournaments. So they're completely different. Um, or they could have, you know, weekly, weekly virtuals where you can use your contest credit or yeah, so many different ways. But I think I think I'm looking forward to them. Um, because I do I love virtuals. Yeah. Maybe not just as much as the real football. Um aye, aye. So I, yeah. I like them. Yeah, no, it, 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 regardless of what it is, it, it's going to supply the platform with a different way to play and get different people back on the site, which is which is what people want. So it's brilliant. Um, okay, his second question, Hudwink, is for you. So um, I like this question. So he seems to trade a lot between the spreads. Does he have anything he looks for when deciding who and when he's going to trade? Um, no, really, because I, I literally trade with any player that I see that's just... I don't care if it's a 30, 30p player that I'm making 10% on and, I, you know, through the month we've got hundreds of them, then great. Um, it's only 3p, but it's percentages add up um, and they pay for some of my, my contests. And, um, so really, there's no anyone in particular. If it's leading up to, if there's a, you know, fixture trading or um, paying towards virtuals and that kind of thing, like Chris Wood, for example, was £4 the other day. He's, he's a £1.50 player, maybe. Um, so ones like that, I'll kind of look for and see if I can just um, maximise them. But I, I don't care who it is. There's, um, there's, 
everybody I think I said in one of the one of the threads actually like Lee Grant sells like players that Phil Jones players that there's no reason for them to sell everyone sells so if I can make like 10% on them then great but other ones will like Carlin Grant players like him you know I was selling him for £12 so some of them are small last night Ruben Neves was making I think I was buying him we kept getting buy orders in for maybe about £1.30 and then just you know, the next few hours leading up to the game, it was one pound ninety nine. So it's like you know, yeah. sixty seventy p, and it was quite a, a few of sold. And then this morning as well, actually, Ruben Neves, he was I was buying and selling him. Um, so I, 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 I don't care as long as it's bits of profit. It's between yeah. you know, as long as I can make like ten percent, and then if the thread, if the um, margins are high, then even better. If I can oh, fix your trading as well, you can. Yeah. Easily look towards them for um, for really good profits. Actually. Yeah, but people still like to say it's not a trading platform. But yeah, that, like I said, like um, I mean, I didn't even plan it, but obviously last night it, these cup games are great for your your players that you think have no use, and then the, all of a sudden a very useful. I mean, I put it on, on Slack, but sub five Jack Butlers for three pound fifty each. Like, are you joking? I've got like seventeen pounds of Jack Butler of five, and then that uh, Revan, the the Villa centre back or whoever he was, sold about ten of him for about two pound fifty. And uh, Louis Barry, who actually looks decent, and I've I've still keeping quite a decent chunk of him for the future, but was telling them at like two pound, and that's not from me being good and like buying them two weeks ago. Like that's just the fact they were just sitting in my collection, and that's what I mean. Everyone goes on about collection value, collection value, collection value. Every card between now and five years' time will have a time where you can sell them for a lot more than they're currently worth, regardless of how the market acts. It's about picking and choosing your times to sell the players. And this is why it annoys me, because it's people that want to sit there on their collection, open it up in five years' time and make money. That's not the way that this platform is. is. And I, I don't like to talk about double index, but people are, it's mainly people that have come across on that, that have been used to, obviously not this year, it's been a shambles, but that are used to doing that, buying anyone, logging off for three years, coming back and it being worth more. Like that is not life. You don't get money for nothing in life unless you're very lucky. You have to when I joined, that was kind of what yeah. it looked like. Um, because I joined obviously during the peak, and players like I remember saying to my mate, his own football index, I'm saying, you know, I could buy like Menge, Man United center back, for he's 70p. Like, why is he surely it's a, it's a new um platform, he's just going to rise. Yeah, then his point was, well, if everybody's winning, who's losing? I was like, right, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And then, it, <laughs> and then, then. Battles came in and prices rocketed again, absolutely rocketed. Calvert Lewin is 40 quid, Saka was 25 quid, stuff like that. And then it gradually, the real hopes came. But yeah, everyone, everyone sells, definitely everyone. There's always a time and a place to do it, which is why I'm one of the biggest people have ignored the bloody collection value. It means nothing. I could go and put bids in for every single player and all of a sudden I've got a thousand more pounds worth of a collection like that it's just the way it's set up you've got to ignore it but yeah certainly in terms of trading there is a time and a place to sell absolutely anybody so you know people that and the, the fact that you can do it is the fact that there's so many people that throw away their cards for pennies which is makes it so much easier when people are all a bit wiser it's probably gonna be more difficult but the minute while there's still so many people that use it that just literally buy sell buy for a game, sell after a game. It makes life so easy. Um, 
I'll tell you what we'll come to because it, it's on that one. And I, I saw the conversation this morning to you, Gertie and Umberto, um, all to do with kind of buying buying a player and, it, and his price and knowing the price of that. Do you want to explain what it is first and then I'll uh, give it, my opinion? Because I don't know I don't know if it was clear on it by text, but my, my point or my example was Adama Traore. So I've got I've got three that I use and my average price madly madly was um thirty pounds average. So I didn't care about them. They're just they're just in my collection. But if I buy five to trade, so I only really trade basically five five players and five um yeah player at a time. So say he's what six or seven pounds. So say he was six pounds and I buy say five for six pounds. On the app, on the new app, that average price is going to show as 15 pounds. So that's my eight priorities average of 15 pounds. Yeah. I only want to sell him for maybe six pounds sixty, six pound ninety. My point was like I want to see that I've paid six pounds for him rather than showing it as an average of 15 pounds. I'm not trying to sell them for 15 pounds. All I'm trying yeah. to do is see how do I know that I paid six pounds for the five rather than the average. And it seems like it's a pain to find in that because you'd have to go through. I think Gertie said, but you know what you want to sell them for. It's, I've literally got hundreds of people that hundreds of players in my buy and sell order. So I, I know a lot of them, yeah. but I don't know. I, I can see what you're saying. And my, my my response to that is, for example, if I buy, we'll use Traore as the example. If I buy one at one pound, one at six pound, one at 12 pound, one at 18 pound, one at 25 pound, I've got five Traores now. Like in my mind, that then negates whatever I paid for them because I've got five and then I'll go, right, he's at this price. Let's say he's, he's at what, about six pound-ish at the minute. For me, the only thing that then matters, it goes, right, do I think six pound is too much for a Traore? If I think yes, I'd sell. If I think no, six pounds are a reasonable price or I think it'll be more, I'd either hold or buy some more. So for me, if I bought one at three pound and I bought one at 80 pound and he's now 20 pound, it is irrelevant if I bought one at three pound, if I bought one at 80 pound, because all that matters is, do I think that this price right now is a good price? Because if I bought one at 10 pound, he's now six pound. Just because I bought it for 10 pound doesn't mean that I'm going to hold that six pound, because if I think that six pound is, is going to go down in price, I'd sell one buy it lower. Does that make sense? It does like that the eighty pound one. If I'm just going, to, if I want to keep him for trim, but I'm only trading. I only care about making the profit on him. I, I can see what you're I saying, but have... say that <laughs> say that he's now at six pound. If you think he's going to go lower in price, why would you hold regardless of the price that you bought him at? You'd sell surely because you think he's going to go lower. Well, I'm looking to sell. So my ones that I'm keeping, my three that I've already paid for, I'm keeping. I don't care. But I'm only looking to sell the five. I don't care about tournaments or anything like that. Yeah. I just want to sell them for more than the six pound. And I want to see on the app that I bought those ones that I'm trading with, just trading, no anything else. Um, I just want to see what I paid for them so I can make profit on those five, but no the other ones. The other ones I know I've overpaid and I'm there, he's yeah. not going back to 30 quid for his form. Um, I can see but what you're saying, but what, yeah, what I see, what I see people as, as saying, <clears> if, if someone buys one at six and someone buys one at eight and he's now ten, people go, oh, but I only want to sell the one that I bought for six pound. 
is that holder? I don't care which one I sell as well. That, yeah. that was mother, but I don't care. Footstock sell one of the ones that were yeah. there. I didn't care. But I just, I've got five that I paid six pounds for that I want to sell for over six pounds. If one of them turns it to be the thirty pound one, I, I didn't care. But I've got three because I'm I was still keeping three. Yeah. But my other five, I'm selling. Yeah. I still don't know if I'm explaining it. Probably. No, I, 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 I know. I what need you mean. to see what I paid for. Yeah. Ones that I'm trading with. I know what you mean because you're bad. you're saying that if I. If I bought a pound, I want to know that I bought this card at six pound, and I know that then I want to sell them at six pound eighty. That's what you're you're saying. Aye. Yeah. And Aye. then what I'm saying is, if you bought one at four pound and one at eight pound, and he's now at six pound, all you should think about is is his price going to keep going down? Okay, I'll sell. Is his price going to go up? Then I'll keep or buy some more. Like as soon as you buy them, it doesn't matter if I bought him for fifty p or two grand. He's now. I have to do it on what value he currently is at now to trade, and I think that we're probably not going to agree on this. But I can. I think I, think I can see both sides. <laughs> I think it's because I trade literally daily. Because I would like my players that I've bought this morning. I'm hoping to sell today. I, I'm not trying to keep any and cap up and stuff like that. I don't care about. Um, so I've bought. I've got loads of wee sales go through this morning. And I put them up straight away. Usually, just trading between the thread, uh, the, yeah, the spreads. Um, spreads um, trading between the spreads. So I just want to sell them as quick as possible at a nice wee profit, and just yeah. rebuy them at the lower price, sell them again at my higher price, buy them at the lower price. But I just if that doesn't show me how much I've paid for those okay. ones that I'm just trading with. Okay, final example before we move on. <laughs> final <laughs> example, I promise. Yes. <laughs> Okay, say you bought Neves at £3 this morning, right? So you're now holding on to the fact that you want to be able to sell him for £3.50. Okay, ah. what if he... So you've now bought him, okay, but he then... I don't know, something happens, he's now £2.50. Would you hold on to him just because you want to sell the £3.60? Or in my mind, you should go, okay, he's now £2.50, but I actually think he's still going to go less, so I'll probably sell and then buy back later. Although, would you hold because you want to get the 60p more than what you paid him for? I would. It would just stay on my sell list, and just okay. it would. It'd go back to that price. Well, well not hundred percent, but okay. he's he's gonna go back to that price. I wouldn't. I, I don't trade with people that I think are overpriced. I trade with people that I think I can make a wee profit with. So if he was, I don't think he's worth three pounds. So Chris mm. Wood, for example, is another example. Of Chris Wood. He went to four pound. I'm not gonna try and buy him at you know three pound fifty to sell okay. for four pound. Okay. I'd buy him at one pound fifty. And sell him at two pounds. If he goes to four pounds, if I can make four pounds, then great. But if I know he would go down, if I bought him at three fifty, I've overpaid. I'd just leave him at my higher price that I wanted, and the next virtuals come up, okay. he'll probably hit that again. Okay, um, okay, yeah. But, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see, yeah, I can see, I can see why some people want it. I think maybe where it it becomes irrelevant is when people have bought someone for. I don't know, say they've bought two cards, I've bought one at four and one at eight, and you see so many people on Slack going, but I want to know which one I bought for four pounds so I can sell for six pounds for two pound profit. And it's like, Aye, I don't yeah, care about that. Yeah, that's that's maybe what, I can see what you're saying. We've probably gone around in circles <laughs> for 15 minutes. <laughs> Ronnie, I apologise, you've had to listen to that crap. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I will come on to you, Ronnie. Um, now, I, I don't know if this is like an in-joke question that maybe has gone over my head, but um, it's from CBN, who's asked, question for Ronnie, top three things to remember when topping up the oil in a car oh. yeah it's, there's a there's a few of us in a you know whatsapp group um we've been in it for years now all, all big fantasy football players um some of us have been in syndicates together on various uh, other platforms 
Um, and just, you know, you have silly stories that happen to each each year over the, over the time. And one of the lads, not me, this was nothing to do with me. Uh, one of the lads, he's also on Footstock now. He um, put a message out saying, uh, oil had gone everywhere and can, it, can my car set on fire? And as it turned out, he'd left his oil cap off and um, he found out that he'd left it at home when filling up the car with oil. Um, yeah, it, 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 it was uh, it was more funny at the time sort of thing, but it's, a, it's an <laughs> ongoing joke between us. Nothing to do with oh, right. That's okay. We like those sort of questions. We don't want to be too serious. Um, okay, we'll go on to, we've kind of talked about virtuals and real football. Um, okay, this is quite a nice question. So Nick Taylor, how did you find the first three player month long contest last month? Ronnie to you first, did you enter it? Did you like it? Have you entered this month's? Um, yeah, I, well, I entered the December one. Um, obviously, it was the first time it had been on. And I think, um, I'm trying to think of a pick now. I think it was Sterling. Sterling Mares and Reese James. Um, obviously, uh, Mares was off the back of a, a decent run in November, um, and City had good fixtures as well. So uh, I picked Sterling, and then uh, Reese James is my defender, and um, and then Pep decided that he didn't want Mares to play much anymore, and uh, Reese James got injured. So yeah it was pretty I think I think I got off to a half decent start I think week one I was in the top 20 or something and I thought oh this is all right and then yeah then literally it died a death after that um but yeah I mean it was okay but um it didn't doesn't get me too excited um I mean it's a, well, it's a five entry for a month long so it's, you know it's decent buddy it's only three players but I didn't bother entering in January just more to uh more for the fact I think it was just felt a bit rushed at the time and I didn't, you know, I, just, I don't know. I just, I just didn't enter it for whatever reason. I can't remember. Yeah. To be fair, I, I didn't enter this month either, purely because of the amount of COVID and injuries and crap. Yeah, I think that's, just, that's what I, it was. Yeah, I think it's very. You have to be very, very lucky to, to win one of those month ones at the minute to get to get the right players. So I think that's why I probably didn't enter it. But yeah, you know, it, I think it's brilliant in a normal season, but it just everything to do with this season is just so ridiculous. I think I think um, someone mentioned on Slack, uh, or a couple of people might have mentioned it, the option to um, withdraw your team. I think I think that's a decent idea because I'd I'd definitely throw a team in, and you know, like like the December one. Obviously, after a couple of weeks, it weren't going to go nowhere. If it had cost me a couple of quid to pull it out, then I'd have happily paid that and took it out. But um, but yeah, I think that's an option going forward for any for any of the any of the games they want to play over a longer period. If there's an option to take yeah. a team out, then yeah, it's better. Yeah, I think that yeah, it would definitely get more people involved. But obviously, without I'm not going into subs today. But potentially, if subs are an option that you can sub one out, I don't know the way it were. But the, yeah, there's definitely options. I think they could increase the popularity of it definitely. But um, it listen, all these things obviously at the minute are kind of trials, I guess. But yeah, I th- certainly think that's one that will definitely stay. Um, Hoodwink, same question to you. Yeah, I joined actually Max the December one, um, and I, I think I finished. 14th on, I was in about 14th, um, and I had Bruno Bamford and um, Harry Maguire. So at, at the time, I thought, it's a really good idea, but I didn't enter the January one, because I thought, I think I won about it's up 40 or £50 pounds to have like Bruno specifically tied up for a month yeah. to win that amount. It was kind of an anti-climax. 
So I think if I was doing it, I, I will do it again, but I think if I was doing it, I'd go players that I could actually, you know, have a couple of jobs. I've got two Brunos and that tied up one for a month, which is a long time. I could have easily yeah. just put them in singles or whatever, two pound week, and got a lot more than I did. So I'll do it again, but I think I'd do it with cards that are actually, you know, maybe three, three stars or something like that and kind of, kind of go a different tactic. So it was enjoyable. It was good as you saying, it was good value for a fiver for the month. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, absolutely great. I think there's I think it'll be a lot more popular when COVID fucks off and you ain't got to worry about games being cancelled and, and whatever else. Cause you know, and I think I mentioned this on the last pod, but it, it it's making me it's not enough to not make me enter, but it makes you second think, definitely. Um okay, there's a few more. So Casey, um Quite an open-ended question, but I quite like it. We kind of just have one idea each uh, before we move on. So I'd like to know more about tournament and single game strategy. Um, it, yeah, it's something that you could probably do a whole podcast on for hours and hours and hours. Um, my one bit of probably advice I would say to anybody that is struggling is to look over the, the month's winners, look at their teams and just see if you could start getting any sort of pattern i think now that i've been playing so long i probably don't realize there is a strategy whereas now i don't think there is one there probably is it's just that you get naturally into that strategy the more that you play um so my suggestion to people anything with that be to have a look and start to look at the makeup of players is it a couple from different teams is it kind of certainly for me silvers i tend to pick three teams bronze I tend to pick three teams and gold I tend to not go with any more than four teams so that's kind of the way that I look at it um but generally I go into that forever but Ronnie if we come to you if you were going to give somebody anything about your your strategy or what you think they should be looking for are we talking I mean there's a different there's a difference between the virtuals and the real life would you want me to go real life or virtuals so if you go virtuals and then hoodwink can do real life okay um uh, Obviously, it changes as your collection grows. I, I think that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing. Um, when I first started and I, I took virtual seriously, um, I put in a lot of effort. To be fair, sort of studying results and various theories I had, and um, I got into lots of conversations with um, different people about it. Um, you can analyze um, Lawrence on Trading Scout. Lots of uh, DMs with him, uh, FS Baz as well. Um, lots of conversations with him, all, all around strategy and um, theories. Um, but at the start, it was because my collection was limited. It was clear, and, and oh, I'm a bit greedy. Do you know what I mean? I want, I want to enter the big tournaments. I want to, I want to win money. I want to win decent money. That's my, that's my first thought. So it's about working out the best way to do it. And what I did <coughs> um, first of all went the difference from then to now is it was a static ppg so basically all the teams were the same sort of thing you know lineups would vary slightly but i picked out sort of four teams that um i i saw the value in i think they were southampton leicester west ham and maybe wolves um and when i say value um when you see the lineups of the teams when you look on trading scout or football stats um obviously you get the percentages so i look for teams where the percentages are cramped so the top at the time i think um southampton it was ings 
Redmond, Armstrong, those three sort of covered 75% assists, 75% goals. And it was similar for Leicester. Um, and they had Pereira as well. He was a great defender. They had sort of four players from that team. Wolves was the same with Traore, Jimenez. And uh, the other team was West Ham. Antonio was a virtual beast. Um, he's still doing okay. And a couple of others. So within those teams, I've got <clears throat> a standard set of three or four players that are always picked. So, and within each team, I would go, you know, the standard three, three, three from each team. And I'll mix it up, um, entering, say, three teams from each. So I'd have a Leicester, Southampton, Wolves, and then a Wolves, West Ham, uh, Leicester, or whatever. Um, but I would back them regardlessly. Every week, every competition, I would, follow, I would just back those four teams. But the, but the main theory behind it was not backing Man United or Man City, Bruno, Kevin De Bruyne. I didn't have them players, so there's absolutely no point whatsoever in backing any of them just you just write united off write man city off because what's the point in picking a martial or a rashford you know because if you want them to do well then the chances are bruno is going to be assisting or you're there going to be assisting bruno so it's a pointless exercise so i think the key is to work out what players you've got and if you haven't got a man you know if you haven't got a bruno you haven't got a uh, kevin de bruyne then just don't back those players don't back those teams and look for little clues in the uh, stats regards uh, value. I mean, Le Leeds at the minute are the, the prime option, aren't they? Um, but, but again, there's a lot of them. Uh, but on the other day, I think um, lots of people were picking seven or eight Leeds teams and it worked, uh, Leeds players, and it worked quite well. But there is, if you look hard enough, there's there's plenty of um, there's plenty of strategy to be used and. Um, it worked really well for me, I must admit, especially early on. It's getting a bit harder now because the 38-game PPG is taking effect. So these stats are slowly getting spread out across the teams. But there's, yeah. there's there are still, you know, um, chances there. West Brom the other day, see, they offered the same value. You have Pereira and Furlong, I think, who are on 50-50 assists. And then you are throwing... Um, Gallagher and uh, the striker, I can't even remember his name now. Um, Grant. Yeah, Grant, that's it. And between the four of them, you're sort of covering all the goals and assists virtually. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, the chances are, you know, they're not the best team, but virtuals throw up any results. So the value pick, the value pick is West Brom because you're getting all those percentages crammed within three or four players. So if they do win, it's guaranteed points. And that's the way I look at it. And I'm sure others do as well. Yeah. I'm sure others look, look at it as that way as well. I mean, you can tell by some of the team's makeups, but um, but obviously there's lots of people out there that maybe don't. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, like I said earlier, I think that because we've played it for so long, you kind of just set, like assume these things now are like normal, whereas other people wouldn't even think of it like that. So, yeah, no, absolutely agree. And I think that's certainly some very, very good advice. Um, Hoodwink, do you want to give us a, just a kind of strategy for real-life tournament? Yeah, um... I'm I'm kind of setting my ways for tournaments as well. I I usually do the golds, um, but I was I was terrible at them previously until I think it was around about October when um, I actually reached out to it was Frey Bentos who was winning a lot at the time and he's in one of the or he's in a couple of the group chats 
So I asked him for a bit of advice, um, just how he sets his teams. And kind of since then, that was just before um, I won the two golds in a week or two. So I, I usually just pick three teams and have three players for each. And it does vary sometimes, but usually I'll pick three teams, have three from each, one goalie, one defender, then the rest kind of um, try to get the attacking, attacking points. So really that's, I kind of just, and I'm, I'm very similar where I have, I'll try and pick the same kind of players. Um, I know kind of who my favourites are and I know who will try, who will win points. Um, another thing, I'll try and go for peaks rather than base, which doesn't always work. Like the other day, I think I had Chris Wood and um, Gabriel Jesus in the virtuals and they were absolutely pointless. Um, so it doesn't always work, but when it does work, it works really well. So if you're getting the peaks, the chances of getting the the higher higher winnings um, rather than the base scores, I think they're both important. Um, but kind of that's what I do now: three three teams, three players for each, and just try and see who I think is going to hit peak scores that week. And if it goes well, you can be be right up there. And um, it worked in November; didn't work as well last month. Yeah. Um, so. It's a hit or a miss. Exactly. Yeah. When you do that, you've just got to be prepared for all or nothing, basically, haven't you? So as long as you can take that, yeah, no, 100% agree. Okay. We're only going to do a couple more purely because I've kept you both for far too long. Um, Hoodwink from Lethal, who's the better footstock asset in your humble opinion, Robin Cock or Chris Wood? <laughs> well, it depends what you're looking for because um, if it's roulette, You'd expect it to be cock, but my my cock really struggles to get past a semi, unfortunately. Um, but he's good for some people. Um, so I'd say Chris Wood, and it's mainly because he's the virtual king. So, and Robin Cock have invited him the last three or four times to Lethal Stream, and he's just never accepted it on Twitter. So it's going to be Chris Wood. Um, he let a few people down yesterday, didn't he? And I do enjoy seeing some meltdowns on Slack when people don't like it going their way. And, you know, someone, I can't remember who it was, but somebody put it on the on the thing. People going, oh, Burnley scored three goals and Wood's got 50, 55% chance. That means he must score one of them. <laughs> it's like, no, every time there's a goal, Wood has got 55% chance of, of scoring that goal. And every time it resets back to zero, he doesn't, like, add up if they score three, is 100% going to score it. So each time they score, he's got 55% chance. It's just unlucky that it's one of those days that in the three goals, it wasn't him. It is a virtual engine. Stop moaning. Um, next question. Um, Ronnie from Vespasian. Um, do you think there should be more virtual multi-contests? And did Mary Berry make any nice Xmas-themed cakes? I think the cake question's aiming at Hoodwink, I think. You're oh, the yeah, cake man. Is, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, to Vespasian's uh, answer, then, uh, yeah, yeah, I think there should be more. But um, if, they, well, if they bring the battles in, then it, then uh, obviously I'm not too fussed how many they have, normal, the normal ones, but they definitely need to keep them going, though. Um, and obviously while there's monster tickets available with them, then it's an extra extra reason to enter anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Hoodwink, any uh, nice Xmas cakes? No, I've done I've done those two that I posted and it, bacon's stressful. <laughs> it's just that footstock one was an absolute nightmare. The Battenberg one <laughs> I only showed the front of it because it looked horrendous. It was really bad. 
Um, and I think who was I think it was Flapjack was on a stream taking a pisses, you know, looked like a kid had made it. So I pulled him up. He says, ah, I was joking. I was like, you weren't joking. Um, the Battenberg one was good, um, but that that was about three or four hours. Bacon's not my thing. Uh, now we're back in lockdown. Um, I expect nah, to see none. a few more popping up than they're doing. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay, um, a, a quick answer from both of you. Um, from Swissmark, what is the one improvement you can single out that you'd like to see Footstock implement during 2021 to take this product more into the mainstream and attract new users? Brilliant question. Ronnie, you first. Oh, um, I don't know. Mine's probably a small thing. It, it's just a little thing for me. And it's um, on your collection, just having folders so that I can put you know, certain players into certain folders, like players I want to trade and um, players, you know, players I use for tournaments, um, players I just think are total shit and I want to get rid of. Um, just so I can organise better, if you, if you get me, because, I mean, I think I've got about 1,600 players and I want to trade and, I, you know, I want to do different things, but I can't be asked to troll through it. Do you know what I mean? And, it, and it, I think it holds back holds back um you know sort of my i don't want to say experience but you know it's, it's certainly um stopping me doing what i should be doing just because i'm lazy and i can't be asked to troll through it all um I so know, yeah. exactly. that's been called for for quite a long time yeah i think I, I put it in the wish list but i think it's been mentioned a few times on there and i think tom did did um, acknowledge that it was one of the things he was looking at getting done but obviously there's there's other sort of things they need to do first so but that's that's the one thing i'd like to see in there yeah, it's one of those, it's a, it would be a nice to have, wouldn't it, rather than like a, a, an yeah. essential. But I definitely agree, I'd love to have a, a folder of, I don't, know, I don't play roulette, but for example, a roulette folder and a, a you know, a shit folder and a, a, a tournament folder and whatever else. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't, um, regards anything bigger, I mean, to me, I think they're just heading in the right direction. Do you know what I mean? I just, everything about the product just, just screams success to me. I mean, I, I mean, it's got everything that I want, and um, I just think that the people in charge are just the right people. Obviously, they're, they're fully, fully. Uh, well, they're always on Slack, aren't they? Talking away, and they'll join in some banter as well. And everything they say just seems right, and everything they're doing just seems to be taking it the right way. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. And you know, the one thing that really it never normally frustrates me and i never normally get drawn into it but i think it was yesterday or the day before every fucking helmet in town decided to pop onto slack with with something different um i am all for proper discussions about genuine things that potentially are not quite right or whatever but when people spout on there just absolute bullshit like just to try and get a reaction all these people it's like hold on six months down they're like oh you're still on the platform what a surprise uh you saw you told me you're selling up five times like fucking get over it honestly people do made it like if you're gonna if you're gonna have negatives i don't mind that but at least have like an actual like an actual point uh why there's a negative not just spouting absolutely well, what, 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 sorry what i will add to that is um like, in, like i was saying mentioned earlier about our whatsapp my whatsapp group there's there's five of us in there and um, when i first joined footstock um I said, oh, I've joined Footstop, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they, they, they knew of it, but didn't know what it was sort of thing. Uh, top Trumps, they called it. Oh, you, you're playing Top Trumps, blah, blah, blah. That, that. So anyway, I, you know, I didn't mention much of it. I, every now and again, I'd just post, you know, when I won 600 quid or 700 quid, I'd just put a little screenshot in there, boom, there you go. But I did, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't push it or anything. Um, just because I knew that the product was in transition, you could, you could see the market was dropping and whatnot. So, you know, I didn't feel it was a good time to push it. But then, 
obviously when they had the I think the promo just before Christmas, I thought, right, now's a good time to join. And you know, I, I sort of got try, tried to get them on board and they all gave it a go. And um and they're all absolutely loving it. It's literally all that we talk about on WhatsApp now. I mean, they're and um they're all doing well as well, to be fair. They're all winning money on tournaments. I think one of them's one sort of 500 quid's worth on in tournaments. One of them's bought two Brunos and he's trading Bruno at 160 and buying, um, selling at 175 sort of thing. And all they've been doing this week is buying FA Cup players and selling them this week. And, and they've really caught it quite well. I mean, I suppose it helps having someone that can just answer their questions straight away. But I just thought it was a good, it's a, now's as good time as any for anyone to join. And... Uh, that's what I mean. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Obviously, there's been mistakes along the way, but every time that someone pops up something that's, that's bad, it's like, well, yeah, they've put this in place to counteract that. It's not going to like flick a switch and just happen. Like, that, that, I'd be concerned if the things weren't in place. But everything that I have have or had a concern about, they've put something into place that means over time it'll be sorted. Not right now. Like, we don't want them to flick a switch and then you know everything's fixed. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. But there is there is literally an answer to every question now. Exactly that, yeah. And that's what makes me laugh when you see the same helmets pop up that are still on it six months later after telling you they've sold up five times. It's like, well, you must have left the platform quite a lot if you're still on this bloody forum. Um, never mind. Hoodwink. Um, I can't even remember the question. It was it was on Twitter. Hold on. That's why I've lost it. Um, that was it. One thing you want to uh, implement 2021. Um, I think, although... Uh, it's a different answer for a couple of months ago. I would actually say subs, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll not go too much in it because it's easily a long conversation, um, and I don't know how they would do it if if they do. I know they said they'd look at it again in January, and you know maybe maybe see what happens. Um, but it's just I know it, it should be done to scale and that kind of thing. But if he's, I think Swiss Mark mentioned, um, is it Swiss Mark? Swiss Mark last time. I think he said to make it more mainstream. I think if you're I know it's not like looking towards the FPL community and that kind of thing, but make it mainstream. I think if you've got some, if you're putting in, you know, fifteen pound entries, and you have, you know, one or two players, and that it could cost, even if it's costing you, you know, the lowest place and that kind of thing. It's it happened a few times with me, um, and I thought, oh, you know, what if I had, you know, one more player and the player that I might have might have had as a sub, even if they're low stars, I, I might have placed, and it just. It's no, it's not that frustrating, but I think to make it more mainstream, I think that could probably should be some kind of option. Just how they implement it, I don't know if it was, you know, add three stars onto a gold and you can either choose three one stars of defender, midfielder, and striker, or you can choose one three star and chance it or something like that. Just anything that's given an option for rather than zero points. Um, I think when that PSG game was called off, I, I could have actually won the gold. Um, I had whoever I can't mind who was playing earlier, but I was, I was on a really good score. And then I had four PSG players, and uh, it wouldn't have been. I think it was five 0 the next day. It, obviously, it's going to be a different result. But I think going by that, I would have won it or got second or something like that. So again, if I had a couple of subs, I would have had. I think I still placed. That's and that's what I was thinking. I could have won really good money on that one if I'd, you know, who would my sub be? I don't know, but. Um, just things like that in terms of mainstream audience I think because it's talked about a lot as a negative it's something that and I think one of the comments that people put is it wouldn't make people leave but it might make people stay um, and that's obviously good for the platform 
hundred percent agree. Yeah, I'm fully on the. Uh, it doesn't bother me, but if it's something that helps other people, then yeah, crack on. I absolutely agree. My one thing would just be private lobbies. I'd love to see private lobbies in 2021 for all sorts of things. I think that would make it again that whole. Uh, James mentioned it on the, the quiz that we did. The whole the pub obviously it's not not now but the whole pub thing oh there's six of us all let's all enter this, this private contest on footstock and all that kind of shit so i think that's that's brilliant um okay final 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 two questions um check tiote has asked uh, he'd like to see a footstock introduce a weekly high roller contest 250 pound buy-in um basically what are your thoughts on it a, a higher buy-in um ronnie would it interest you uh depends on what depends how successful i am uh, in the future because i I wouldn't be depositing to enter a £250 contest at the minute, I don't think, but um, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I, there's no reason why they couldn't. If the, if there's enough people out there who are prepared to pay £250 to enter, then then why not? It's you know, it's, it's not going to take much else away. It's not going to take anything away from the platform, is it? I wouldn't have thought. If anything, if there is plenty of people out there wanting to do that, then they're going to have to have a, spend the money on the collection to be able to compete, aren't they? So it's only going to bring more people in, who'd have thought. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, Hoodwink, would that interest you? Absolutely no chance. I could not <laughs> imagine. Oh, £250 is a lot of money to spend in a tournament. But I would love to see it. I think that would be brilliant. If, if pe- I mean, people put in, you know, if you're doing five golds, five silver, five bronze, it all adds up. So they're, and it's, I think it would interest people. And I would love to watch it. I'd love to see the results. Um, it's not something I would do, definitely 100% no at any time. Um, but I'd love to see it. It'd be brilliant. I wouldn't do it weekly, but if it was a monthly thing, I probably would do it on a monthly basis, but uh, not weekly. That's, I, I don't have a bankroll for, <laughs> a grand a for month. weekly. No, <laughs> see, oh, yeah, not a chance. Um, so, yeah, certainly in the future, definitely, but not now. Um, Damon, stop. They could run satellites for it. They could run satellites for it, yeah, maybe. Could well do. Um, if they did a monthly thing. Yeah, satellites. that's one thing. I'm, I'm not going to go into the whole. Um, the whole thing that the username situation because there was a bit of a thing on that but that's what I mean like I've got a group of mates that I would back us to be any other group and I'm sure other groups would back them to be any other group like that kind of private lobby type satellite thing even if you say like that like that sort of thing like all oh, my team versus your team like and I've seen people throw around like in the games like maybe if there's 10 games over Premier League weekend, it's 10 v 10 and it's me versus somebody else for game one and like I get my team one point if I beat the other one in a single game and then the next person, the next person, like all that kind of thing, proper excites me. That's what, for me, would go on. But yeah, definitely agree. Um, finally, Damon Stock, Hoodwink, uh, which one-star defender can you not get enough of? Um, I think he actually might need, might need furlong with all the, the assists and virtuals, but I think... It could be Robin Cock. I think he might be slightly obsessed, <laughs> young David Stock. <laughs> um, a wee, a wee addiction. He's addicted to Cock. So. <laughs> okay. Um, I cannot let either of you leave without um the, the the famous old question. Hoodwink, you may go first. Um, top half fish, bottom half mermaid. Top half mermaid, bottom half fish. Um. Whatever the normal way is, Bot- bottom half mermaid, top half fish. So anyway. just a mermaid. <laughs> Aye, a mermaid. Mermaid. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie, same for you. Yeah, mermaid for me. I think. Um, yeah, I think when you get to my age, then um, you know, 
blowjobs blow jobs are few and far between anyway. So, you know, if that's, if that's my only option, then I'll take it. <laughs> oh, pleasantly answered as always. <laughs> Gents, as, as I say to everyone, like, you could do this for hours and hours, but um, I don't want to take up any of your time. Thank you both for joining me so much. Um, genuinely appreciate it. And obviously all the best um, within your footstock journey in the coming months. Um, Next week, I will be joined by a couple of people that I just need to uh, agree with. But um, as always, we are back now to the, the Sunday night slot. So these will come out at 9 o'clock, uh, 9 p.m. every Sunday night. So I know that people like a bit of consistency rather than throwing them out here and everywhere. So um, it can kind of be your Monday morning run, coffee break, whatever you do, uh, listen. So until then, um, have a fantastic week and we will see you soon.